nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. You're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock, and we've got a bit of a treat because Sean Seymour was good enough to speak prior to the Mount Panorama 500. When you spoke about the health of the sport, in particular this year and last year as well. Really good, actually. We had a positive team owners meeting yesterday where we talked about some of the things that we wanted to achieve back in 2019. and I think we've done a really good job achieving a lot of that. Uh, we've done a really good job at last year learning where we can actually let go of some things, um, be less precious around the way that we go racing, still deliver really good entertainment but reduce costs. Uh, so, so operationally, if you look at the number of events, the way that we're doing events, the way that we've optimised them, we're very happy with where we sit. And then, as you would have seen, we've got great commercial momentum at the moment. Uh, series point of view, so do the teams, the cars have turned out I think this year as well as they have been in, in the time that I've been here. We've got Channel 7 on board who you will have seen uh, pushing the sport extremely hard, we've seen our awareness uh, go up 6% year on year as a result of that, 6 points, so 6 percentage points not 6%. Yeah. There's always going to be things that we've got to do, but, but we're, we're positive, we're happy, we've got people here, we've got the paddock open, we've got campers coming back in, so over over the course of the next couple of days I hope, I hope we get a good turnout versus obviously what we can do from a capacity point of view and we'll keep rolling forward from here. Seema believes that Supercars is in fact a good financial position after a very rough and tough 2020. Remember the way that the business works is the teams are the shareholders, right? So I can't speak on behalf of them. Obviously, last year was a tough year, but this year's the first year of so many things, right? We've got new naming for its partnership, new Channel 7, new Fox. So the thing, it's completely different in that respect. Less rounds, done differently. So the shape of what we're looking at, it's very hard to do like for like on a 14, 15, 16 round calendar. But I, you know, not not to speak for all of the shareholders, but I think to tell you that the sport's in, in good shape and we've got good momentum. We can always be better. We've always got a lot of things to do, but we've come out of the come off the back of last year as well as we could have. Will this position see more cars on the grid in 2022? Team explains that the tenders for the new racing entitlements contract, or RECs as they're known. No, we haven't commenced the REC tender process yet. I think uh, after we followed up with you from the last session, um, the, the, just to confirm, the rec tender process has to be completed no later than the 30th of June. I would anticipate, therefore, that that process will start sometime early in Q2. The COVID-19 dilemma continues to have supercars working flat out to try and program 
the 2021 season. Working through that at the moment, um, we had a pretty good indication pre the five-day lockdown in Victoria. It's starting to improve. If I had to, I think we'll have a high capacity in the grandstand. We'll have park and view. Uh, we'll have corporate. So we'll have a range of different experiences. Right now, what we're focused on more so than the specific number of people is the actual, is the experience in and of itself. So um, the focal point for us is making sure that people can get in, that they can get access to food and beverage, that it's going to be a good day out at the racetrack. So getting that flow right, making sure that the experience is solid is is priority number one and then as the restrictions ease hopefully in the lead up to the event then off that the capacity increases rather than trying to build the experience off the capacity if that makes sense there's plenty of room at at Sandown Um, I I don't think that we'll have to worry about um, the capacity at that venue Um, even at 75% capacity of that whole venue it's a huge huge venue Um, even at 50% it'll, it'll be a great event Team was hoping for a crowd of up to fifteen thousand at the Melbourne Circuit. I think, I think if we're doing fifteen a day, we'll be happy. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing is making sure, like I say, that the experience is right and that people feel comfortable coming to a major event. You would have seen with the tennis um, that it's not just about the capacity; it's people's willingness to go to major events and feeling comfortable with it is something that needs to be addressed as well. Supercar Series started at Bathurst with the Mount Panorama 500. The fans liked it, but will it continue? No, I don't think so. I think that this is, it's special. It's great that we're able to do it. It's great that we're sort of able to start the season this way. But the intention is 12-hour would remain at the start. And then, as you know, we've got Newcastle as the first round uh, from next year. You'd never do... uh, you would never do a Mount Panorama 500 and roll into Newcastle. It's, that's a lot in one state at, at one period of time. Will there be a pre-season test at a future 12 hours? Looks like it could be on the cards, according to the CEO. Oh, yeah, it's not off the cards, particularly in the, with Gen 3 coming. Access to this track is limited, um, so it's never off the table, but it's just got to fit in with the pre-season schedule. Work on the Gen 3 is continuing with... Supercars CEO expecting the prototype to be on the track in June. So we're still saying same time prototypes. I think we said uh, late major. He's confident that things will continue to progress on their trajectory when he spoke to the media at Bathurst. As I sit here today, it's it's happening. Right? I don't know. I'm not going to make guarantees against COVID flare-ups. So that's not a fair question. Within the things that we can control, Gen 3 is happening next year. While the time frame to get to that point is tight, Supercars boss is confident it can be achieved. We, Supercars, the teams, everybody's going to be in an uncomfortable position to deliver the project, but that's no different to any other change management. Right? So their comfort will will peak and trough on the way through, but we'll get it done. And he doesn't rule out that Supercars will provide financial support for the team. We're working through the approach to the CapEx investment for the category, but at this point in time, those discussions are still going. While some supercar teams are concerned at the cost of the build of the on the back of the 2020 season, the team believes that everyone needs to work together to ensure Gen 3's success. Absolutely. For the business, this is a significant exercise that we are collectively embarking on, right? and, and that's the approach that we're taking. It's not all being dumped on the teams. Our thanks to Speed Cafe for the assistance with the audio. Now... 
to another high-profile member of the Supercars family. And Dave Reynolds, I caught up with him after he had had his first race weekend with Kelly Grove. Ah, uh, yes, Penrite Racing for us still, is where the Penrite car. Um, yeah, pretty good. Uh, obviously, this was, this was the first weekend we we're going to establish our base, so you know, we've got something to work on. Obviously, it's very limited testing in this, in this sport, so, you know, unfortunately, you're, you're almost testing at the racetrack, at the races itself, so... Uh, for me, it was a good comparison to figure out, you know, um, last team versus this team. Uh, obviously, this is, you know, they've had this program for a year, just on a year. So, you know, obviously the engine's still pretty undeveloped, the car's still undeveloped, but luckily I got a smart bloke to fix all that for me. His brain's been computing stuff and, you know, he's probably got some ideas there we're going to go and make and come back to Sandown and see if we go better. Now, after having uh, a couple of years following a Mustang, and racing against a Mustang, what's it like to be driving a Mustang? Uh, well, yeah, obviously this is, um, I kind of knew it was good in areas, being behind it, and now I understand why it's good in those areas, so, yeah, but, you know, when they first come out, I wish I drove one of them, they were impressive, obviously Supertailers have done a pretty good job to even it out, so it's not, there's not a huge difference anymore. And what about you? Are you in the car? Is it comfortable? Is it where you need it right now? Or have you got a few things that uh, Al's got to find? Yeah, there's many things we're going to work on. So um, it's just, just we just need time. That's all it is. You know, we've got three weeks to the next race. How much can we get done before then is the question. And what about yourself? How's uh, the sleepless nights with uh, a new young one? Yeah, uh, yeah I have, I've been pretty good, obviously. My missus does most of the work without her and without her support. It'd be a bit of a basket case, but you know she understands that I need rest, and obviously it's a, a baby. I can't really do anything. It, I can't breastfeed for obvious reasons. I'm a male. Yeah, he's almost five weeks old, but yeah, it's been the, probably the best period of my life. I've never loved something so much other than my girlfriend before. All the best, Dave. All the best for Santa. Cheers. It was great to have an opportunity also to speak to Matt Stone with now his team moving from the Superlight program to having both the Superlight drivers in their own cars. Yeah, no, it's been good. You know, obviously we ran um, Zane and Jake in Superlight last year and, you know, that was a really good, uh, um, good relationship building exercise for the two of them sharing a car and, and now they share a team and, you know, it, it's really good having two guys that are so close together personally and um and you know so similar that supercars couldn't tell them apart um but yeah no it's good to have that and uh, have the good vibe in the team and, and obviously to go come here on what was always going to be a an ominous first round and uh you know hit the ground running score some solid points um you know up our game in terms of qualifying average and finishing average from last year early days still but we've we've set a target or we've set we've set a pace and a target that we want to keep so that's our yeah no successful weekend debut for 2021. You had a couple of changes with Wes moving up to the other end of the uh, pit road. How have you found getting those new uh, things all in place? Yeah, look, I mean, that's certainly our, um, our restructure around that engineering group has been our toughest and, and certainly you know, by no means is it over. Um, not so much in the fact that the restructure wasn't achievable, just the time frame. You know, it all happened at the, you know, five minutes to midnight um, as we we're all going to have our Christmas lunch. So, you put us behind the eight ball, but you know we've made a few changes and and uh, you know brought some new people on, um, and you know we've certainly got more work to do, but but it's all a step in the right direction, and you know we're very happy with the progress and the 
we've made and, and um, you know, we'll continue to tweak that uh, throughout the season and you know, just keep working towards the, the, the dynamic that we want to keep moving us up pit lane. When you're in a position like we are now, last year with these cars, how do you balance the books ready for whatever comes next? Um, I mean, we're in a unique situation where we're a team on the rise in terms of we're, we're growing in size, um, you know, we're growing in profile, you know, we want, to, we want to grow in budget so we can start to mix it up the other end of pit lane. So, you know, although a lot of people might just be idling through this year with these models and, and focusing on the horizon, we're, we're certainly looking at, at growing, you know, usually, usually we would have our, our plans set from the start of the season and that would be it and for the year, whereas we're actually looking at growing continuously throughout the year around our supercars program to try and have as many resources practically possible to, um, one, go well this year and just get everything lined up with the right structure to, to be competitive next year when the... Um, you know, the great equaliser of a new platform comes in and, and everyone's historic data, which you know, we certainly got a lot less of, being that we've only been in the category for a short amount of years, and we've, well, three years, and we've had three different models. So, um, you know, historical data will be less relevant with a brand new platform. Um, so if we can get our team and our procedures and our personnel in check, ready for that, then, you know, we should have a, as good a good opportunity as anyone to make a mark. And Bathurst is the first round. How do you look at that? Because who would have thought Bathurst and Sandown, you start the season. That used to be how you ended it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly different. I mean, i got to say for this season, um, personally, I'm looking forward to the season finale at Gold Coast as a first, being a Gold Coast local. Um, but yeah, Bathurst is the first round. Um, I was very... I, I like, love the idea, and I've come here many years for the 12-hour. So Bathurst in January, February is not a big outside of the normal for me but certainly the uh, supercars side of it and a sprint race at Bathurst all the same like it was very ominous but having survived uh, and, and fared well um, and you know our cars are not a scratch on them other than a few tail feathers of an unlucky bird in the grill um, I've got to say that we yeah I, I liked it um, but I'll be happy to go back to Adelaide and, and leave Bathurst for the 1000. Well it's a pleasure to see Tom Randall once again here at Mount Panorama. Unfortunately you're not in a car over the Mount Panorama 500 weekend and you're pretty much getting sick of everyone saying aren't you driving? <laughs> yeah, yeah look it's, I've had a few people ask me now and um, it's actually not a bad experience coming up as well as a punter. I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I, it's amazing how many more people I get to go and say hello to and I don't have to be in bed at a certain time or um, don't have to worry about yeah, all the pressures of, of racing on the weekend. But, I mean, obviously that's why I, I love racing. I just love the adrenaline rush and maximising a car, or maximising a supercar. But, you know, it's, it's just the way it is at the moment. And um, I'm still learning a lot with the team over the weekend and, you know, seeing everyone's data and footage. And it's it'll be stuff that I can learn for later in the year because we're... we're back here for the 1000 so there's there's definitely perks to being here and I mean it's only a you know nine hour car trip up so it's it's not too bad and gotta thank Rusty for uh, lending me his car this this weekend so uh that's good bring it back in uh, mint condition what did he bring you I just his I just his Ford Ranger that he well he gets through the the, the team um so yeah it's a bit more reliable than, than the Saab but um yeah there's a few uh, gravel roads on the way up here so I'll have to give it a wash on the way back but um, that's all good it's uh, just yeah good to be here and I had a little bit of FOMO so I just had to come up. <laughs>
Now, you kicked off your year perfectly with the S5000 winning the last race and leading the championship, but that wasn't a guaranteed drive for the rest of the year, was it? For the S5000? Not, well, I mean, the intention was to do the full championship, but I mean, we still needed to bring a budget. Um, but we've, we've got a, a really good sponsor, a really good sponsor come on board for the rest of the season, which I'm, I'm looking forward to announce uh, in about a week and a half time. So that gets very exciting, and I can't wait to, to get back in that thing at Phillip Island. It's just such, such a, a, like a raw and powerful car to drive. No power steering, not much aero, so much grunt, so really loud, even with the mufflers on, and you've just got to hustle the thing. So all the drivers love driving them, and it's going to be interesting to see what they can do at Phillip Island, whether we can hit 300 at the end of the straight. It has been really interesting because there was a thought um, back when Chris was developing this series that it might end up being a gentleman's category and guys wanting to relive that F, uh, that Formula 5000 era. But it's been anything but that. It's young guys like yourself that are all getting in there and, and really stepping it up. And look, I think that's the way it should be. At the moment, you've actually got those guys that uh, were in that Formula 5000 era. They're, they're the ones that are buying the cars and getting the young guys to drive them, which I think is fantastic because, you know, we haven't really had a premier open wheel category for a while. And one thing that's been great about S5000 is that y you go on social media and I haven't seen one negative comment of the category since, since its birth, which is fantastic. I mean, every other category has controversy and uh, negativity, you know, every now and there. And I mean, they've all got their positivity, but... I just haven't seen so much positivity around a category. I mean, the spectators love them, the drivers love them, the teams love them. They're a very, very well-built car. I mean, you've got a FIA spec Ligier tub with the halo, which I think is fantastic. We've got the halo. You don't even notice it when you're driving. And then, you know, that the car was, the rest of the car was built at GRM. So, and they've you know, got 20 plus years experience in, in supercars. So when you look at those things, you know that they're safe. They're reliable with that Ford Coyote crate engine and there's there's no need for BOP or parity adjustments because everyone's got the same thing and, and the, the adjustments of the car are, are minimal. I mean, you, you've got your wing changes, but the aero doesn't do... It's not like a Formula 3 car mm -hmm. where you've got wings that protrude the, the front tyres. You know, they, these wings are narrower than the front tyres. Um, so, yeah, and it's, it's just such a challenge for the drivers and... That's why we love it. And when you're winning, in a spec class, it's all about the driver doing the best job. Well, it's the driver and the driver-engineer combination kind of, you know, maximise that, that setup. But again, there's not a hell of a lot you can do to those things, and that's where it's so good, you know? And I just hope that when we get to Phillip Island, I mean, now we've actually finally got a championship underway, which we, we've been waiting desperately for over a year. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, hopefully we can have some really good racing uh, for the rest of the year. Everyone thinks you're racing because you have been announced as an endurance driver for Tickford. What about preparing yourself for that? What's the plans moving forward? So the plan is to try and do a few wildcards um, leading up to the 1000. And we, we didn't end up in... Oh, I would have loved to have been in the main series this year, but there were a few factors that contributed to that not happening. Um, but... The next best thing is, is doing wildcards. So, yeah, we're planning to do a couple wildcards before we go to Bathurst 1000 as a co-driver. 
and then the goal next year will be to try and get into supercars full-time when Gen 3 arrives. With Bathurst being a unique track, how do you plan which tracks will actually work the best for preparing yourself for this? For the wild cards, you mean? Yeah. Well, you can't do every... Not every round is a wild card round. There's, uh, there's only a certain number of rounds that are applicable and that you're allowed to do them. So any supercar round that is in conjunction with a Super 2 support, uh, it's not, not a wild card round. So there's only, I think there's only three or four. There's Tail and Bend, Darwin, Perth, Simmons Plains. And then you can actually do the 1000 as a wild card as we've seen in the past. But I, I definitely won't be doing that. I'll be doing that as a co-driver. So yeah, there's, there's three or four rounds there that we, we, we technically can do. The number that we'll, we'll be doing, I'm not 100% sure yet. It obviously comes down to the, the major thing, backing. But, yeah, we're, we're definitely planning to do some wild cards leading up to the 1,000. And that's just going to, yeah, put me in good stead come 2022 if we can secure a full-time drive. So do you have to look at things like, well, Perth, you might not be led into the state, and the Barbagallo track, not a lot like Bathurst. Though you will get used to a, a high degradation and you'd experience degradation at at Perth that you'd experience in a long stint or double stinting here, which would have some advantages, but is there, like, Winton obviously is close to home, but that's a Super 2 race, so you can't do it. Darwin's a long way away, but... So is there a strategy that you can use or work through? Well, the thing about Perth, I mean, if we're not allowed into the state, then that's, that just doesn't work for anyone. There'll be no race. But the, because they resurfaced the track only two years ago, the degradation is actually very similar to Bathurst, which is very minimal deg. Uh, whereas before that, before they resurfaced, it, the, it was like a cheese grater of a racetrack. Um, so that would actually probably be a really, really good one to do. And I mean, because the team's down, uh, had to scale back to three cars they're still taking two trucks, so there's the room for that fourth car to go. It's not like they're going to have to take a whole new transporter because the team have planned their business for the last, what, five, six, or maybe seven years. Like yeah, or ten years, uh, when they've had the, you know, they had the two Pepsi Max cars with the Bottolo entry, and then they had the Super Black car or the Ice Break car. You know, it's always been that four-car model. And then, obviously, with Richie as well, Jason Bright, um, same deal four car team two trucks you know two cars in each truck so logistically it still works really well for them and as a business i think running running four cars works better for them than running three but um yeah so in terms of the planning and logistics i don't think that's going to be a problem it's it's more going to just be about getting the miles and racing mileage and if i can do somewhere like darwin i've never driven around that track before so that would be a really good eye-opener for me leading into hopefully 2022 if I can yeah secure a full-time seat then at least I've been there and tail and bend I've raced there before actually as as a wild card that was my debut in the supercars championship so that would be great to go back there and um, Tickford have been yeah really strong there in the past for a driver a wild card a couple of wild cards is the cost of a super 2 drive even though people will flip back and forth on the price is driving a full-spec car so much bigger advantage than doing a whole season in a, in a down-spec car? Well, the thing about supercars is, is the track time, you know, and that's where you see guys coming in from Super 2 that, well, may not have 
fully succeeded their ambitions or goals in Super 2, but I think the value for money is, is probably actually better in supercars, and you're also in the supercars, so it's probably easy, you know, it's easy to get sponsorship. And uh, the amount of track time you get, I mean, for this example, this weekend's a 500k meeting, so the two 40-lap races, you've got two qualifyings, some shootouts if you make it, and the practice two one-hour practice sessions where Super 2, you've got two 40-minute practice sessions and two 12-lap races. So not even combined is, you know, basically half, just just over half of one of the races. So, and, and not only that, but you've got eight or nine green sets of tyres on a weekend in supercars. So, and that's the most important thing is those green tyres, maximising that because it's all about qualifying. Nine times out of 10, if you qualify up the front, you're going to finish up the front. So, um, and as we've seen in the past with Scotty McLaughlin, I mean, he's been the qualifying hero for the last three years and look you know he's been winning championships so um yeah i think that's where it's really important and also battling all the guys that you will eventually race against if yeah i end up in in main game so there's, there's so many so many advantages to being on that grid now importantly last year we saw you beating around circuit mark weber in the rain uh, have they booked you back in for the next sek karting event down there oh i don't know i mean i did put in the gravel pretty early on and cost the the, the guys i don't know two or three laps so they might not want me back but i gotta tell you it was a lot of fun and you were there and you would you, you know the, the conditions were horrendous on the on the race day i ended up having to wear one of my sponsors angelo Turson. he gave me his raincoat because i i just grabbed some gear from when we finished up at city motorsport park in super two i had no wetsuit and I just got drenched. I had to thaw out for like the next five hours. But look, it was a bit of fun. And um, don't know if I'd be coming back. But it was great to do the new layout of Circuit Mark Webber. And just on that, getting drenched. You raced, you know, a goodly amount of time over in England, Europe, where their weather, when they're racing, even though it's summer, can be a bit fickle. Did you have that experience of getting in a car, in an open wheel cockpit car and, and getting soaked? I did actually. Uh, one time at Silverstone, the final race of the weekend, it just poured down like you would not believe. They ended up having to cancel the rest of the, of the weekend. And that, that night, I was flying home from, to, to Melbourne from Heathrow. And we weren't sure if we were going to be racing. They let a few cars onto the track, and I was one of them. And as we came, they, they let the, track, the cars out at Brooklands. And we would start on the old main straight before Pops. And... It was like a river. They had to cancel it, and I ended up just my, my my bum was completely drenched because the seat was just you know probably 10 mil thick or five to 10 mil thick of water, and uh, I ended up having to play with those same jocks for 24 hours, which was not a very fun experience and an economy. That's all for this week on Inside Supercars. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.